Carol Salter from Talking Minds Counselling, a local private counselling practice, joins me to talk about mental health and well-being. Now, each week over this series, we will explore a different topic. Now, before we start, we must say that our discussions represent Carol's thoughts and beliefs, and at no time should this take the place of a professional counselling session. But it is worth saying that Carol is a fully qualified counsellor, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us to discuss a a, a really interesting, pertinent topic about young people and uh, their fears or what makes them anxious. And uh, young people do seem to be facing all sorts of challenges. But um, I wonder, are they are they getting more severe, these challenges? Or is it that uh, more and more young people seem to be facing uh, difficulties? Or is it all a bit of a myth? No, I I actually think that the um, young people today actually um, are going through a stage of, um, you know, high anxiety. I I think what's happened is, is COVID. When we were in lockdown, Um, I think if you think about every stage of our lives, um, we're always learning and and especially for young people when they're about to change schools, say they're going to go into the secondary schools um, or from infants to juniors, you know, all this was going on in COVID. Um, And then, of course, they start when they're when they go through these changes, they start to learn to be more independent, create friendships, understand discipline, boundaries, perhaps start to loosen up a bit. And of course, through lockdown, that they haven't been able to experience any of that. So I, I, it's not actually. I, I think it's generally known that COVID has increased anxiety within for young people, children, and young people considerably. And um, I think it's going to be a good few years until we get through this whole process where we get back to everyone's back in their routines of where they you know when they go to school we're not going to hopefully have another episode where we're in the sort of a lockdown so no it's not a there there really is a situation where we've got um children um and young people who yeah are really suffering i mean one of the the things that i hear people saying quite a lot and i'm not entirely sure i'm i'm gonna uh, i buy into this theory but hey i'll share it anyway is that a lot of this that young people are facing are sort of their normal nerves about growing up and milestones in their life and and the key challenges like i don't know exams so is it that young people are less resilient and that's not a, a criticism it's just mm, are people yeah. less resilient or young people less resilient I think the difference, again, is is that things have changed. Whereas if you're, years ago, if you were being bullied at school, you would come home and that would be your safe place, okay? If you're bullied at school now, you come home and you still have it 24-7 because it's on your social media, your Facebook. Um, it, that That is frightening. Same thing with friendships and um all, all of that type of thing that goes on in a young person's life, it's continuous. There's no let up from it because of social media these days. So so I think that um, it's difficult for them to get away from. Mm-hmm. I believe also that we are becoming more um, ready to say to people, 
you need to talk about it. And that's why schools, colleges are introducing counsellors, safeguarding teams, welfare officers, which is absolutely fantastic because it does give students a chance to, to talk to somebody independent about what's happening, who is qualified to deal with whatever they're bringing to, to you know, the, 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 the sort of a counselling room, for want of a better word. Mm. I mean... You mentioned you know, the social media, that sort of thing. Uh, no child has says no. I don't want a mobile phone. Um, yes, but I, <laughs> no. you know, I do wonder to what extent that that and the almost the always on nature. And we we've heard for years of people in executive jobs, you know, in adults in executive jobs, saying they always feel like they're on call and need to be available yeah. all yeah. the time. I mean, suddenly, is it right to suggest that? that maybe we find that young people are are facing that same rather odd challenge as well, that they need to be there and respond all the time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, no one wants to be left out. And I think this is the thing where they're on, they're on their phones and, like, and they see something or they are involved in something. And they, like I said, it's, you've got to be a, very very grown up and I don't mean that in a condescending way to be actually able to say actually I'm going to switch my phone off now and not read anymore because it's upsetting me you there is there always that isn't there there's always yeah. that thing in us that goes oh I just need to find out what what was <laughs> what's being said or mm. and then I'll put it away and then it's someone else comes back with something and you're it you know it's well and that's why you hear a lot of young people are sort of awake at sort of like one, two, three o'clock in the morning because of this 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 thing that's going on, and therefore then they can't sleep. And then it's a cycle, isn't it? Uh, yeah, very and much And then so. I, I wonder whether then, of course, they haven't turned up, so they're the subject of the online gossip, aren't they? Where are they? Oh, I don't yes. know. Yeah. Oh, dear. It's an yeah. absolute minefield, isn't it? It's, it's, it I mean, is. What are the key challenges, apart from that whole uh, sort of social media sort of thing which is just a whole this is warning light it seems what are the key challenges that young people face because young people it's quite a broad topic area isn't it it's quite a big age but what are those things that seem to be regular things that that young people are concerned about or is an issue for them well I think school is a big one um or college that can uh, um, you, you, if you're not in in your school or your college type of thing, it can be very difficult to have that resilience to keep bouncing back if if you're not sort of within a friendship group mm-hmm. or your friendship group has changed. That then affects homework. It then affects exams. And it's a sort of like it becomes a sort of a bit of a vicious circle where actually they don't want to end up going into school or college. Then obviously the parents are struggling then to get their children and young people out of the house, out of bed and into school or college. So the sort of things that I suppose that they're they're facing is like school related it, it could be something like there's illness or they've had lots of change, you know, where they've moved house perhaps a few times or they've moved, had to move schools. All of these things start to build up and, and they, they are nerve wracking. And generally, a lot of 
people can deal with it, but there are a percentage that can't, and it becomes can become extremely worrying for parents and family when they see their per, their young person um, not you know not wanting to go anywhere and not coping. And I wonder as well. I mean. <sighs> to what extent maybe sometimes there's issues at home which then can can add on to that i mean if there's a any kind of strain within within the household or within the family i think people sometimes i don't know you i don't want to put words into mouth but is it that sometimes yeah. the children can be forgotten about in in that situation most, yeah most definitely and i think that that can happen quite a bit where um and and the parents are actually some are not doing it even intentionally but mm. they're there, there's obviously a lot of pressure going on within the relationship, and it's for then some for some parents it's survival, um, and others it is just either um, a mental abuse or a physical abuse between each other, and that tension actually and that anxiety has to go on to the children, you know, and then the children are picking up this anxiety that the, the parents are handing out or the grandparents, you know, or the, the siblings. And unfortunately, that that is, a, you know, that becomes a, um, a very big thing that a lot of young people coming to counselling bring with them that they are scared, you know, they are worried about their parents. Um, they, they're worried about taking sides. They're mm. asked to take sides. Again, all of that creates an anxiety. Can we talk about sort of slightly older children, sort of 12, 13, 14, and also those at major milestone points? So sort yeah. of 11, 12, 13-year-olds are starting to get a more of an identity about who they are, yeah. Uh, and yeah. that can sometimes cause a friction. And the other thing I wanted to, to, to ask about is, I mean, we put a lot of emphasis on um, exams and you know you have those GCSE or A-level or college years and I'm assuming those are huge trigger points aren't they? Very much so and I think we can all put our hands up and sort of think back to when we were doing our exams and um, going through that whole process of um, the revision, the the expectations Mm. from everybody and then the actual day of the exam where you are then in a hall and COVID again has interrupted that where exams actually didn't happen for a couple of years mm. or and now we've got students that are coming through who are perhaps doing their exam, sitting an exam for the first time mm. and it, and it maybe they're, they're GCSEs that they're sitting for the first time as opposed to, you know, the mock exams that they could, could have done and... Um, and A-level students, you know, that sort of thing. So, they, yes, there's been a big, big thing, yeah, big impact on them um, over the last few years. And this has carried on. And I've actually witnessed, um, actually in sort of exams, where I've actually seen, um, you know, students literally just saying, I've got to leave the room, I just can't do it where anxiety has built up so much and and obviously you're there to try and reassure and say it's okay take five minutes you know let's because you don't want them walking out of that GCSE exam um 
and obviously not getting any mark at all. But they build themselves up to that level. You know, it's that sort of level of anxiety can happen. And, I mean, over the last couple of years, there's been so much more free and open discussion about um people's identity and i'm thinking particularly of things like trans issues and and um sexual orientation that sort of thing to the point that some people might think that that's all done and dusted but in some okay some cases it really isn't is it no no definitely not um i think we're actually just at the early stages to be honest with you and i think we've all got a lot to learn with it um i think we've just got to make sure that we are there to support Everybody, um, you know, whether it is the young person, the parents, the grandparent, you know, so that they are everyone's on board and that they're getting the support that they need. And it's because it's a big, big thing, you know, that they're all going through. So and then obviously being in school and college and going through that that change, um, I actually see actually it it's not as taboo as perhaps it was even five ten mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think people are becoming more aware of it and it is talked about more. So I do feel that we're heading in the right direction, but we have still got a lot a lot to do with these um, these young people. And let's just talk uh, for a moment a bit about uh, supporting children, young people. I mean, there's two two questions I really want to ask. How do parents support their children? And secondly, counselling for children. I mean, is that any different to counselling for an adult? Does it take a different style? I mean, how? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think from um, for a parent or a family, um, if they have got a young person, child that that is suffering with anxiety, and it it could be that you know they're in bed and they can't get them out of bed in the morning, or they they're not sleeping. These are sort of perfect signs that anxiety is either building or is there already. But I would definitely say um, for parents, it's talk talk and talk you know um watch listen and support your child or young person um and i think most importantly explain that it's okay the way they're feeling is okay because actually anxiety is is a natural part of how we keep ourselves safe um you know when we're in danger our brain tells us our body has to get ready to deal with this this thing immediately Mm. Um, and as a result, we can experience a range of different feelings, which actually can result in anxiety. So anxiety actually is fine. And it's actually reassuring the young person that what they're going through is OK. But they have got to take steps to monitor it. And there's a couple of exercises <clears throat> that we suggest to parents, which is um, 555, where they... If, if they're with a, a, their child and they're going through an anxiety attack, where they get them to breathe in five, five seconds, hold it for five seconds and breathe out. And they do that a few times. And it is amazing how that can regulate someone again and sort of bring that 
anxiety down. And the, a, another one is 333, where they have to name three things, um, hit, hear three things and move three things, like oh. their ankle or their arm. Or, and mm. it's amazing how, as a parent or a teacher or anyone, actually, who's with a young person that's going through this, to come up with perhaps those couple of those simple ideas and just see how, you know, things start to settle once they've got a bit of control, you know, once the young person sort of feels they've got some control back in their, um, their feelings. Fascinating. And yeah, yeah it's, it's very, it's very sad actually to witness it, but yeah, um, but it, you know, it, but it is okay. You know, anxiety, like, like I said, it, it's, it's natural, but we, do need to keep on top of it and younger people do go to counseling don't they yes they do um and again um i have colleagues who um have got people coming in and they play chess for 50 minutes and <laughs> um, and that's that's the counseling session but but what it does is you're not you you can't counsel like you counsel an adult in a sense that um, a young person coming and sitting in down in a room and you say, well, what's up? The chancellor, they'll go, nothing. Um, so it's being handled just in a different way, really. And there's also art therapy um, where, you know, they come in and they can sort of paint or we have sand trays and, it, and it's a bit more fun and a bit more relaxed. Um, music, drama, there's all these different types of therapy as well. Um, but generally, it could be, you know, like I said, um, one of my colleagues plays chess with this young person. And while they're playing chess, they have a natter about what's happening in that person's life, which is far more easier for that young yeah. person than sitting and talking. So, yes, there is counselling and it has changed dramatically again over the years to accommodate young people and young children as well because you know young 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 children obviously have counseling as well so so yeah well i mean it's absolutely fascinating i could probably sit here all day and talk about this there's so many issues uh, it's worth just saying once again that that nothing that we've said this evening yeah. can replace a professional counselling session um, and uh, anybody who's listening who thinks they might need to take any action it's the GP is your first port of call isn't it yeah definitely GP school um, or college yeah. again back to the charity services there's young minds child line um, youth access mind all of those sort of charities again have tremendous facilities in the sense that they've got so much knowledge um, and can help parents um, and young people. And um, and then obviously then down to counselling, where it's one, you know, when I say one-to-one, -one, but, you know, either that mm -hmm. art therapy or talking therapy or walking, even walking therapy is, mm. is available now. So, so, yeah, it makes it a bit more easier for the young person. Well, Carol Salter from Talking Minds, counselling thank you so much and I look forward to talking to you again about another topic thank you so much Andy for uh, like I said inviting me